0: You can hear it in the empty theaters, in the empty stadiums. Hope is setting the stage for a comeback. When life's victories will be sweeter, we'll celebrate how far we've come and learn that all we did, we did for each other. Spread hope, not COVID. Michigan.gov slash coronavirus. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services.
2: To set you free on this Friday, the Friday before the election, uh, the the, the Friday before next Friday when hopefully those of us working in media and politics get some sleep. Hey, I'm Leslie Marshall and we have (laughs) not one but two great guests. Uh, joining us uh, today uh, on the program. We're so glad and a shout out to everybody listening on radio, on stream, on podcast, if you're not listening to us live, but getting the show when you want, the way you want. Also, a good shout out to those of you watching on Twitter's Periscope, Facebook Live and YouTube Live. Uh, Good to have you with us. I am very excited to have one of these people, uh, one of our guests with us today. And the reason is um, there'll be people that say, do you like everybody that you work with? And I always smile and say yes, but honestly, not everybody, but this, per- <laughs> this particular this particular woman I actually like personally, I like professionally. And uh, I really enjoy working with her, um, and I'm really excited to have her on the show today. She is Harris Faulkner. Now, she doesn't need an introduction, but I want to give it to you because her resume is better than mine. She is a multiple Emmy award-winning anchor for Fox News Channel. She currently anchors not one, but two daytime programs, who I am blessed to be on, uh, both of them, Outnumbered, uh, Overtime with Harris Faulkner, which is weekdays, 1 to 2 p.m. Eastern. And she also is one of the co-anchors of Outnumbered Weekdays, noon to 1 p.m. Eastern. Please follow her on Twitter and Instagram. All you have to do is use her name as the handle at Harris Faulkner. That's H-A-R-R-I-S-F-A-U-L-K-N-E-R. Harris, it's good. Happy Friday. Good to have you with us on the show.
1: Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much. That was such a warm introduction. And I got to tell you, I'm adding Leslie Marshall's friend to my bio because that will be the best part. The next time somebody (laughs) reads it, I want that line to be on there. Um, You and I do a lot of television together, and I have to say that as we get close to election day, there are a few people that I can think of that I would want to be on TV with more than you, like my kids maybe, (laughs) (laughs) people who are related to me. I mean, you have a way of debating where everybody feels heard, and that's what we need to be doing with each other right now. And what I'm hoping is that this journey toward voting is teaching us all is, some standing lines. Uh, some like me went to a, a voters box, but still had to line up behind cars because it was. I mean, we've had millions vote here in Jersey, and you know, wherever we are grouped together, um, and your your listeners, because I think that they can see uh, the picture that I just took in my bedroom and sent to you. Um, you send us a picture, and I'm like, okay, well, I'm rocking in camo mask. This is what I <laughs> look like in real life. Um, And that's my family behind me many years ago. They're all in school now, so they're not as tiny as they are in that picture. But what I'm hoping, Leslie, is that as we all group together and wear our masks, that we remember that we're one big unit. And we may not all like each other. We may not all agree. But when the world comes against us, we unite. We are Americans. How do I know? Because when the world needs help, they call on us and they expect us to show up. And when we do, we make a difference and we make a difference because we're united. Oh, absolutely. I
2: think something you and I have talked about off the air and that you and I are united on um, are facts, whether we like the facts or not, reporting the facts, discussing the facts. I want to play a quick piece uh, from Donald Trump Jr. who made a claim last night and and I wanted to talk about it with you. Mark, if you could play that for us.
3: These people are truly morons, you know what I mean? And I like how they go after Scott Atlas because he's not an epidemiologist,
1: but Sanjay Gupta now magically is. I mean, give me a break, Laura. The reality is this. If you look, I put it up on my Instagram a couple days ago because I went through the CDC data because I kept hearing about new infections. But I was like, well, why aren't they talking about deaths? Oh, oh! because the number is almost nothing, because we've gotten control of this thing. We understand how to, how it works. They have the therapeutics to be able to deal with this. If you look at that, look at my Instagram, it's gone to n- almost nothing.
2: Okay. Now, I cringed when I heard that, and it's not because he's the, the president's son. That was with Laura Ingram on the network that you and I work on, Fox News Channel. Um, but I was wondering if I could get your take, and, and not on him specifically, but on the various claims with regard to COVID that may not be factual. For example, uh, Johns Hopkins University reported just yesterday, the day he said this, that we had a peak of more than 88,000 cases. Um, and uh, and the deaths are an indicator sometimes, but those typically lag behind the number of cases. We're seeing some hospitals having to turn patients away and send to other hospitals. We're seeing in Wisconsin um, some uh, tent-style hospitals being put up, uh, and we're heading into winter, which a lot of medical professionals are concerned about. Today, the first coronavirus and flu Uh, patient diagnosed with both uh, came out. Um, How do you handle this when anybody comes out with information or misinformation uh, regarding COVID specifically during this time, during this pandemic?
1: Well, I do see a difference between their misinformation and their misjudgment of the situation. So what I try to do is just fill in the facts. And by the way, that number got bigger yesterday. You know, it always gets adjusted. Um, and it got adjusted upwards yesterday. So we are now in territory after the cases yesterday that we've never been in before. When, when you get close to 90,000, you're, you're now bigger than we've ever seen in terms of a rising cases in the United States in one day. And it, it rivals adding other countries together for one day total. Like we don't we don't want to lead the world in this way. No. So when when your relative is the president of the United States, if that is your only metric and you can argue, oh, it's because we're testing more, actually Admiral Girard, who was handpicked by the president to lead on testing with the task force, handpicked. And they are they get along great. I mean i I've seen them side by side. They do White House things together where they make announcements. I see very little daylight at least publicly, between the Admiral and the President on the issues that have come up. So when he says this is not, and he said this two days ago, this is not a reaction or a result of overtesting. That's not what we're looking at. In fact, it's the opposite of that. Because we've started to test less in, in certain places, it's like, now that you've tested a little bit, that means there's a whole, much, a whole bunch more out there. So, so you've actually created a zone where you're only looking at the number as a fraction of what it could be now, because we've started to test less. And we're, we're trying to get that testing back. The president talked about it on the stump today. Um, he started to kind of lay out a plan. And, and his son probably needs to start listening to his father on the stump, because President Trump. One thing that, that you can say, whether you like him or you don't, he is a fantastic messaging guy. When he wants to be on message, there are few people who are better than he. He didn't want to be on this message. This was not where the president wanted to be. But this close to the election, I don't think he can avoid it. And so you hear him say today things that you aren't hearing out of Don Jr., and, and I don't know how politically deft Don Jr. is because I haven't spent a lot of time with him and I haven't interviewed him recently. He's been on Outnumbered. He's been in the center seat more than once. Um, but, you know, if you are paying attention to the ground game of what this president's trying to do on re-election, opposed to what Joe Biden's saying, you can't skip it. Like, you, you can't go forward without saying you've got a plan now. And by the way, where is the coronavirus package that the President said he would sign. Republicans didn't, they didn't side with him on that issue. That's swampy behavior, but it's swampy behavior by everybody. Nancy Pelosi can wear some of that too. So the President goes into election day without a coronavirus bill. He's promising to have one right after the election. Leslie, what is that going to look like? Have you seen his health care plan? Because we haven't seen it.
2: Nope.
1: At Fox, I haven't seen it. Right. Um, He needs these things if he's going to go up against Joe Biden, and if any of the numbers in the Midwest are right. We don't know. I mean, my goodness. I I love what you always say. You're, You're not going to bed wondering if all the polls are right. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. You know Very,
2: spe- spe- speaking of, let's look at some ballots, okay, uh, before we go to break, because I want—I have so many things I want to ask you about. And my executive producer, Mark, was like, that's too much stuff. We're not going to get to it. I said, she's used to us having a lot of topics we don't get to. Um, in, in Texas, and in many states, but I'm going to pick on Texas because it's huge. And uh, it seems to be turning purple, maybe blue right now. But in Texas, early voting has exceeded the total of all ballots from 2016. Um, are, you know, are, are, are you based on this? And I'm not going to ask your prediction for who's going to win. OK, um, I'm going to I'm going to let you answer after the break because we're up against a hard break uh, when we come back. I want your prediction for when we're going to know who president is, because we have more people voting, more people early voting, but we also have more people dropping off their ballots, mailing in their their ballots, and it's a very different time. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to get Harris Faulkner's answer to that. And her uh, prediction on when we're going to have that answer as to who is our next president. Will it still be Donald Trump or will it be Joe Biden? Harris Faulkner, multiple Emmy award winning anchor for Fox News channels. Our guest back with her right after this. back. I'm Leslie Marshall. She is Harris Faulkner, multiple Emmy award winning anchor at Fox News Channel, host of Outnumbered Overtime, 1 p.m. Eastern and co-host of Outnumbered Noon Eastern, uh, both weekdays. Follow her on Twitter at Harris Faulkner and also on Instagram. Her handle is her name. Harris, thank you for holding. Welcome back. I asked you before the break for a little prediction and talking about. Uh, just this massive voter turnout in many places, like in Texas, early voting exceeding the total of all the ballots from 2016 combined.
1: Well, you know, early voting and success for Republicans has historically been the way it's, it, we've seen it. I mean, they're very organized as as a political group and um, as a political party, I should say. And Democrats have always lagged there. In fact, I've been talking to former leadership in the DNC and, and other areas of uh, of Democrats, those who've led and actually held office, so on and so forth, just recently. And they said they were really shocked when President Trump started railing against universal mail-in and wondered exactly what that meant because yep. we saw it. Superstorm Sandy, former Republican governor of New Jersey, Chris Christie, sent out mail-in ballots. Like, he had to because we didn't have any electricity and my town was flooded. We had a 25-foot wall of water coming to my town right on the Hudson River here in Jersey. So, I mean, we've we've had instances where we've had to do a massive mail-in before, but it hasn't been the whole country and it hasn't been a, a, a pandemic. But Republicans are usually a lot better at it. So I look at the numbers a little bit differently. One of the reasons why you're seeing a tightening in the early voting between Republicans and Democrats is because Republicans probably did more of it than they were talking about it. So 41% now of those votes in Florida are Democrats, self-identified Democrats who early voted. This morning, it was 38% are Republicans. So the numbers are tightening. And, and you may see an eclipse there. You may see Trump do rather well in the state of Florida in those early votes. We don't know who's going to go to the polls on Tuesday. I wish people would stop guessing. But that means that we have had a huge period of voting leading up to the actual ballot day. Leslie, that's a lot to count. I'm hopeful that we're going to get to know something by Tuesday night, Wednesday sometime, but it could, it could be a while. Meanwhile, you know that these states, some of them are winning and losing, depending on who you are um, or where you are, the battle of a longer count. How late do we get to count? Is it eight days? Is it two days? Whatever. So that's something to watch too. Pennsylvania in the courts, we're going to have to see how it plays out there. President has to win Pennsylvania. And his team looks like, If they win Pennsylvania, if they win Michigan, if they win one of those states plus Florida, they're in it. They'll run it. They won't run the table because Joe Biden's got a lot of states because he's doing what Hillary Clinton didn't do. And, Leslie, I've heard you talk about it. He's in the Rust Belt this weekend.
2: (laughs) Yep. Yep. Smart move. Smart move. You should be there as much as possible. Uh, I want to move on to something. I I know you and I uh, agree on this, but I want people to hear your take. Don Lemon— uh, host on CNN said, and I'm, I'm not going to play the audio because it's too long and I'd rather people hear you than him, quote, had to get rid of friends who support Trump. Now, I, I, this bothers me because, I mean, you know, you and I see people from all walks of life when we were before COVID in the green room at Fox. I, I'm friends with people on Fox and outside of Fox that, you know, vote, are, are supportive of the president. I'm supportive of Joe Biden. But that's politics. It's not our life. It's a a part of our work or a part of our life. You know, can't we all just get along, I guess, uh, is the question. What's your reaction to uh, Don Lemon? Because, you know, you're a host on on a network. He's a host on a network. uh, and, And him saying this.
1: I'm a journalist. That's true. I mean, Columbia Journalism Review wrote about my last interview with the president because he tried to convince me that he'd done more for black people in America than Lincoln. And I said, well, we are free, Mr. President. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I mean Don Lemon is not a journalist and so when you watch that show it's entertainment it's editorial just like we have some on Fox Mm -hmm. that are editorial and they are some of the best storytellers and captivating people on the planet that's why people watch it that's why they like it but when they want to get breaking news and they want to know what's going on, they're going to the journalist. So I'll say that for part of it. The other thing is I grew up military. I, I actually don't want a bunch of sycophants around me. I like having people who don't agree with me around me. Heck, I live with a teenager. so you know <laughs> That's how it is. And I try not to get offended when we don't agree with each other as friends, as neighbors. It's how you disagree that matters. It's being able to listen and be silent while the other side talks because you're interested in what they have to say because maybe you'll grow in hearing something that is counter to what you thought you felt or knew. That's how diamonds are made, right? They scrub up against something rough right? and then suddenly they're polished to something that, well, Leslie's had a beautiful one She's been married a long time
2: Uh, (laughs) you've been married a while you've been married a while
1: (laughs) oh 17 years I know but I I say this because you know my dad was a combat pilot lieutenant colonel in, in the military he didn't want to be around people who were always agreeing with him because that doesn't make you a great leader and it sure as heck doesn't make you an interesting person so I you know I take pity on Don Lemon but what would be the point because he's going to say stuff that stabs at his credibility. Anybody who says that on the air, if you don't absolutely agree with what he says, you should change the channel, because he's never going to get to where you are. That's not his goal.
2: Yeah, abs- absolutely. Um, polls.
1: Nice guy, um, by the way. T- t- I, have <laughs> I haven't either.
2: I haven't either. Polls, by the uh, Polls. As a journalist, is it difficult since 2016 to use polling data Um, because we really can't trust it. I mean, can we? We we really can't. I mean, I honestly thought Hillary had it in the bag in 2016. People ask me now, and you know, Harris, I think I said this yesterday, you know, I don't know who's going to be president until next week. This is going to be a tight race. I don't think it's going to be a landslide. I'm not believing any polls, really.
1: Real quickly, I have met Don Lemon. He is a nice
2: guy,
1: but (laughs) I still stand by everything I said. Um, You know, polls, what can you do with a poll after 2016? 2018, learn some stuff about polling, too. My yeah. goodness, that the women's vote in that. And if this tends to be, if 2020 is the next chapter, if it's the sequel to 2018's midterm where suburban women are, boy, I mean, we have a lot to learn in how we ask the questions and surveys and what's important to them. I, I, don't, I don't think that the surveys are out to get anything other than a yes or no answer on a candidate. I've seen some of the questions. They're drilled down, but people aren't going to give all that away before they go to the polls or before they, they vote in their living rooms to share and mail it in and take it to a ballot box or whatever it is. And I've never participated in a poll. Have you? Nope, never. No. And I mean, we're in media. We would definitely at least know a few people who had. I know no one. So I, I think that the place for polling is to get an idea maybe of what the issues are. And then to galvanize as, as hosts, as anchors, as journalists, whatever role people are playing to educate the public, galvanize around the facts and say, well, if you feel this way, these are the facts about your candidate and the opponent on that issue. And that's really all you can use them for. Absolutely. I use them as like a, a, a light focus group. I'm not looking <laughs> to the polling to tell me who's gonna win. And last time around in 2016, in some states, they were really off. Hillary Clinton would be up four or five points, but the factor of people who didn't wanna say they were voting for Trump, when you factored that in, that was like a plus six. Well, then she Absol-
2: lost Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Harris, thank you for being with us today. I can't believe the time has flown. As you know, I always say you truly are fair and balanced. I love working with you. I love you personally. Aww. And please follow her on Twitter, at Harris Faulkner, and Instagram. And tune in to Outnumbered, noon Eastern, and Outnumbered Overtime, 1 p.m. Eastern on Fox News Channel. I love you, girl. I love you. Bless
1: you.
2: Bye. Bye. Leslie hey Marshall, happy Friday the day before Halloween and just days before our election. Hey before the break I was talking with Harris Faulkner, one of my uh, co-workers at Fox News Channel um, about uh, Don Lemon uh, talking about you know getting rid of his friends who vote for Trump. Um, here is that audio. I didn't want to take the time away from Harris in the interview uh, to play. We're gonna play it now before we get to our next guest. This is Don Lemon host at CNN about uh, cleaning out his closet of friends who like Trump. Take a listen.
3: Look at what's happening to them. We have to help them. They're all getting killed by this. Now it's happening here. Yeah. It's happening here right now at his own damn rallies. You know what the sad thing is? And I'll be honest with you. Um, I, admit, I have many people who I love in my life. And yeah, I come from a red state. I've lived in several red states. There are a lot of friends who I had to really get rid of because they, they are so nonsensical when it comes to this issue, they have the whole, every single talking point that they hear from this president, they repeat it and they are blinded by it. And I just can, when I said to you the other night, there's no way they can't believe it. They can't, you know, I was just goosing you in a way, right? So, but here's the thing. Um, I, I had to get rid of them because they are too far gone. I try and I try and I try. They'll say something really stupid and then I'll show them the science and I'll give them in the information and they still repeat those talking points. And all the while, the state was a hot spot. Many, if you look at the information that we put up last night, that came up yesterday, showed you how the red states have now taken over where the blue states, where people came in, because there are bigger cities and there's more transmission. Obviously, where where there are where people are closer together, and so now the red states are the problem. And I just I had to get rid of a lot of people in my life because sometimes you just have to let them go. I think that they have to hit rock bottom like an addict. Right, and they have to want to get help, they have to want to know the truth, they have to want to live in reality, they have to want to be responsible, not only for other people's lives, but for their lives. So you know what, I have had. it's so sad, and I don't know if after this I will ever be able to go back and be friends with those people, because at a certain point you just say, they're too far gone, and I gotta let them go, and if they're willing to come back, and if they're re- willing to um, live in, in reality, then I would welcome them with open arms, but I can't do it, I can't do it anymore.
2: Well, you know, I I don't agree with that. You know when Ellen DeGeneres got, uh, was given a hard time about being friends and liking George W. Bush, I'm, I'm in her camp. Now, I've never met uh, George W. Bush. I, I was at his State of the Union, which was very fascinating to watch, even though I don't agree with him politically. I'm an American sitting in the chamber watching the State of the Union of the President of the United States. Um, so it, it was an honor to be invited um, by, quite frankly, Senator Debbie Stabenow, whose husband at the time uh, was my boss. Um, and I, I have to say, I have friends... Um, look, I just went for the weekend with two girlfriends to Palm Springs because the three of us just needed a break from our work, our kids, our hubbies, and all three of us share a birthday one week apart, right? So there's one birthday, then another, then another. And um, so every year we go away somewhere. Uh, somewhere. One year we went to Boston because I'd never been there and I was their tour guide because I'm from Boston, Uh, One weekend we went to Vegas and danced till dawn and, you know, had a good time. Um, And uh, another weekend we went to Napa. I post pictures of a lot of this stuff uh, online and we, you know, did some wine tasting. I think that was last year. And um, then, uh, you know, this year because of COVID, we didn't want to fly anywhere. So we drove uh, to Palm Springs and, you know ate some good food, drank some good wine, laid in the sun and uh, did some shopping at the outlets on our way home. Uh, and didn't get up, you know, early, stayed up late watching, you know, dumb chick flicks or, you know, rom-coms, romantic comedies. And uh, one of them is uh, you know, voting for Trump. And uh one of them I assume is voting for Biden, but she doesn't like to talk about. It. And we really we just don't talk about it. I mean, there's so many other things I I know that with the election, because people do this all the time, people will say on Twitter, oh, if Donald Trump dies, your life is going to be ruined. My life is not, and and, and whether I'm happy or sad, whether things are good or bad, in my life, uh, not in who I voted for, um, has nothing to do with politics. Nothing to do with politics. My life is good, first and foremost, if my children are healthy, if my children are happy, if my husband is healthy, if he's happy, if we're both employed and we can pay our bills and sleep at night, um, you know, if you know, if, if everyone I love is doing okay, then then I'm okay. You know what I mean? Then I'm okay. You know, when people say, Oh, I feel somebody wrote today, I feel sorry for you. <laughs> you know, please don't feel sorry for me. I'm extremely blessed. I am I am so blessed as a pessimist, I'm constantly waiting for the other shoe to drop. I've been married to the same guy for next year it'll be I've been married 24 years it'll be my 25th wedding anniversary next year we've been together for 30 years because we dated seven and a half then got engaged for a year my husband says we were on the rent to own plan Uh, I'm older than him he always said he also says he robbed the old folks home no offense to those people in old folks homes Um, I have two wonderful children I think most of you know um, I lost a child I had a son die in 2004 Um, I suffered miscarriages. Um, I adopted my son and had my daughter after 13 IVF cycles, uh, and did that later in life. And so, so glad and blessed to be a mom. Some days now I forget how glad and blessed I am with them at home. I was going to say in the last hour to Harris, when she said her kids are coming home from school, I'm so jealous, uh, because I would love my kids uh, to go to school. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't. When I meet somebody, if I like them, I don't say, are you a Republican or Democrat? Who are you voting for? Who did you vote for in 2016? What do you think of Donald Trump? That, that, that's not even in my universe. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, like, you know, when I'm with my friends, you know, what do, we, what do we talk about in, you know, Palm Springs? Well, we complained about homeschooling because we're not teachers. Uh, we talked about our jobs. Awesome. We talked about fashion. We talked about dieting or, you know, weight gain or weight loss. Uh, we talked about our husbands. We talked about Netflix. We talked about food, wine, and we also talked about things that we want to do when this is all over, right? The next birthday trip. But uh, I have a, I have a trip to take right now, and that's to our second guest, who I'm more, uh, more than glad to have with us uh, today. We had a little technical glitch, and so we had a little delay uh, getting her up. So all that to say, I don't agree with Don Lemon. I don't get rid of my friends if they vote for Trump. Ah, uh, we just don't talk politics. I have family uh, who vote for Trump uh, and uh, and voted for him, and will again. We just don't talk politics. But today we're going to talk with Caitlin Kivell. Caitlin is a Lansing, Michigan- based political reporter. Love love Lansing uh, for the Gander. Uh, And through original on the ground reporting and human focused storytelling, the Gander strives to cover the issues and forces that shape the lives and livelihoods of all of those in Michigan. Please follow Caitlin on Twitter at Caitlin Kivel. That's at K-A-T-E-L-Y-N-K-I-V-E-L. And also follow the Gander at Gander Newsroom. Caitlin, thank you for joining us uh, before the election next Tuesday and this Friday before the election. Great to have you with us. Good afternoon and welcome.
4: Good afternoon. I'm glad to be here,
2: and and glad and glad to have you with us, Caitlin.
4: Um, you know, I mean, Michigan Lansing. I'm uh, I'm sad that I couldn't get my uh, blinds to open, or there'd be a great view of the city behind me. Oh,
2: <laughs> it's okay because we can see you better with the blinds closed. Um, Caitlin, I uh, Michigan was key in 2016. When I saw Hillary not, when Trump, Trump got Michigan and Hillary didn't, I, I was crying. I was sick to my stomach because I knew what was coming, especially when you had Wisconsin and you know Pennsylvania. Um, and uh, Donald Trump said the pandemic is over. But the very next day, almost 4,000 people, 3,675 to be exact, people in mis- Michigan uh, tested positive. Some people say that this election is going to be a referendum on uh, COVID-19 or on Donald Trump and his handling or mishandling and not handling this virus. Um, as, as one who writes for the gander, what is your take uh, on those and, and the pulse of those in Michigan as voters?
4: I think if the election turns on COVID, Donald Trump's in trouble because he only won the state by a razor thin margin in 2016. And even after everything we have gone through after this incredibly long struggle we've had, polling uh, done by the groups Public Policy Polling and Progress Michigan in their Lake Effect magazine still consistently shows a majority of Michiganders support Governor Gretchen Whitmer and her efforts to contain and mitigate the coronavirus. We've been doing things in Michigan and on the national level, the same can't be said. He's declared mission accomplished and the day he did both michigan and the nation posted record new- absolutely you know because we were late we
2: got to go to break caitlin hold tight coming right back to you we'll finish the interview after this don't go away
0: trouble
1: with the press. They are truly the enemy of the people. They are the enemy of the
2: people. Uh, As a political reporter, Caitlin, what does this make you feel? Because I'm a member of the press. I know how I feel. What does this make you feel when you hear the president of the United States speak so negatively about the press?
4: I I actually found myself laughing listening to the clip because, I mean, as journalists, we've heard that him say that hundreds of times and at this point i think that it's pretty obvious that for the most part journalists are champions of the people we're going out there and we're telling your stories we're reaching out to communities who are not being listened to and bringing their message to a wider audience that is what our job is and to be called an enemy of the people when what we do is be the people's voice it's it's funny in a strange way. Absolutely.
2: Uh, you know, Michigan, we mentioned is a state that uh, Trump has to get at least one of Michigan, Pennsylvania or Wisconsin under his belt. Uh, certainly, if Joe Biden wins Texas, it's over. Uh, but uh, I'm a pessimist, so I don't think Texas is going blue yet. I hope I'm wrong. I certainly hope I'm wrong. But let's look at a, a segment of the population that Donald Trump has definitely been courting heavily. And that's those who live in the suburbs trying to appeal to them with fear Uh, fear tactics that you know oh big bad people of color who will loot and riot and burn your pretty suburbs are coming to you soon uh trying to demonize uh joe biden kamala harris the rest of the democrats and and those on the left um but when we look at the numbers correct me if i'm wrong um, because of the economic crisis and because of the reason many Michiga- Michiganders uh, turned to Trump in 2016 was the economy, was jobs, with this promise that he made. The guy's a businessman, but he didn't deliver. Am I right that so- those numbers are swinging to Biden because of not only this pandemic, but the economic crisis that has gone along with it?
4: Absolutely. And it's an economic crisis that's actually much older than the pandemic. At the time, January, right before this all started, was Michigan's worst month for manufacturing since 2008. And the reason is that tariffs and the trade wars that Trump engaged in have had a powerful impact downstream in the manufacturing industry. The um, manufacturers in Michigan that were worst hit were the ones that used steel the most.
2: Yeah, I mean, the, you know, the this is the segment of the population Bill Clinton told Hillary uh, not to ignore. Sadly, she did uh, in 2016 and uh, not just uh, Michigan. You know, I've read different people say buyer's remorse with Trump, um, you know, P- and especially union workers um, that are in the in the Rust Belt. Um, you know, I'm not going to ask for a prediction. Joe Biden has a healthy lead in Michigan. Um, it's very, very tight in Pennsylvania. I'm surprised. I thought he'd have a bigger lead in Pennsylvania just because he is from Pennsylvania and because he, he is senator from a neighboring state of Delaware. Um, but, you know, with Michigan, and of course, we can't totally uh, trust, you know, the polls. Um, do, do you think that's going to have an outcome? Let, let, let's talk about numbers. I voted today. A lot of people are early voting. What's it look like in Michigan and and what are the numbers in Michigan? Because most states, like we heard today, that Texas already has surpassed how many people have voted in 2016. It's not even Election Day.
4: We have had well over a million voters already have their ballots received by local clerks here in Michigan. There are still about 800,000 ballots that were sent out for early voting that are still out there to be turned in and i would be remiss if i didn't say to your audience if you're michiganders who have one of those ballots drop them off at a ballot drop box or to your local clerk don't mail them because ballots received by the clerk after polls close will not be counted and that was a serious problem we had in our august primary
2: in michigan there are some counties like Macomb. Um, That's an area, as you know, that voted for Barack Obama not once but twice. But then it went red. It shifted red to vote for Trump in 2016. Um, These are counties in Michigan. Are these counties showing so far a difficulty for Trump to hold on to going into Tuesday's election, uh, given uh, Joe Biden's connection to the Obama administration, to Barack Obama
4: as well? Uh, Macomb, actually. I'm sorry Sorry to you on that. Uh, Macomb um, is one of the pivot counties, as they're called in Michigan. And on the ground, we spoke to some Macomb residents who are saying that it's definitely posing a risk to Trump. They'll see people who have yard signs for Republican candidates who conspicuously do not have a yard sign for President Trump. So even among people who are supporting Republicans down the ballot, support for the president seems to be weaker. And you don't want to prognosticate and you don't want to make mistakes, particularly because it can take up to Friday, we're assuming at this point, to find out who actually won where in Michigan. But that is not a good sign for the president.
2: Uh, yeah, I would agree. These counties like Macomb, thank you for, my, uh, for correcting me there, um, it is like you said, a pivot county Um, A lot of those counties, those pivot counties, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, um, I'm not from Michigan. I don't live in Michigan. I actually never have lived in Michigan. Been there, but I haven't lived there. I've lived almost everywhere. Um, It's suburban, right? And I mean, typically, uh, you know, people consider, you know, the urban areas to be more of the liberal democratic strongholds. But in Michigan, aren't the suburbs more and more and becoming more and more diverse,
4: Yes, they are. A lot of the pivot counties are sort of on the line between rural and suburb. And you've seen that tension between the the more diversifying suburbs and the classical Republican stronghold of the rural voter really be Butting heads in these locations, and that's why they're pivot counties to begin with. But those are going to be really tight races for Trump to take back, to keep his hands on. No, ab- absolutely. You had mentioned
2: your governor before. Uh, I'm a fan of hers. Um, it would seem that the majority of those in Michigan are. What is did Trump hurt himself by not um supporting her despite their political differences? When this woman was nearly abducted, uh, tried and potentially executed by a a, a right wing uh, fascist uh, and terrorist organization.
4: Absolutely. And I'm glad you used the word terrorist because I feel like too many of us in the media have been dancing around that term. That is what these people were and are. Yeah, textbook. De- they were the textbook definition of what terrorism is, actually. Um, I think that it was not. It was not a good look to come to Michigan right after that happened, and have his crowd chant "lock her up," and have him respond with "lock them all up." That was not something I think that played well, particularly in those pivot counties where he needs desperately to be winning votes.
2: I, I want to talk to you about a ruling that I I, I just shuddered. I live in California. I'm from Boston. I'm a Democrat. Uh, jokingly, I say, when you're born in Massachusetts, they slap you on the butt and then make you kiss a picture of the Kennedys, but it's just a joke. you know. They don't really do that. Um, and yes, we do take our masks off in California. I'm living proof. I'm not wearing one right now. Um, <laughs> a Michigan judge has blocked a ban on openly carrying firearms at Michigan polling places on election day. So does this mean people that have open carry permits can carry their guns to polling places? I mean, this is
4: terrifying to me. And I don't live in Michigan. <laughs> it it does sound terrifying. And that's exactly why the ban was put in place, because having a gun at a polling place is voter intimidation. You don't actually need to take my word for that. You can look back to the early 1980s where the Republican Party had to enter into a consent agreement to not send armed poll guards to black and brown neighborhoods because that was allegedly, and I think time has shown, that's voter intimidation. But that a consent agreement is no longer in place, which is why Michigan felt a need to make this decision now. This is not a new policy. This is not something that is radical or unusual. This is Michigan continuing over 30 years of this practice not being allowed. Uh, The judges who uh, rejected the appeal said that although they were rejecting the appeal, voter intimidation was still illegal even if you were exercising your Second Amendment right while doing it. Voter intimidation is illegal whether you have a firearm, a knife, or your bare hands. If you are intimidating voters, that is a crime. Um, However, to get these specific protections back in place, the uh, leadership here in Michigan have filed an emergency appeal to the state Supreme Court late last night. And we will see how that goes over the weekend. Absolutely.
2: Right now, your state Washington Post-ABC poll shows Joe Biden seven points ahead. Of course, we can't always believe the polls. The polls change hourly and depending on what poll uh, you look at. Um, and,
4: you know, speaking of polls, We have also a poll saying that almost 75% of Michiganders support banning open carry at only places. As it should. Uh, Caitlin, thank you for
2: being with us. Caitlin Caitlin Kivel, please follow her on Twitter, at Caitlin Kivel, K-A-T-E-L-Y-N-K-I-B-E-L. And also follow the Gander at Gander Newsroom. I'm Leslie Marshall. Have a wonderful Halloween, a great weekend, and we will talk on next week on Election Day.
3: Welcome back to the LG Tone-Free Wireless Earbuds podcast. Today's guest is the notorious wireless pairing issues. Some say poor connection ruins listening experiences. What do you say to that? I'd say it actually does. I'm sorry? It actually does. What is that? A fax? You're cutting out. Ah, I think we lost him. Well, goodbye to wireless pairing issues, and hello to the worry-free connection of LG Tone-Free Wireless Earbuds. LG, life's good.
0: You can hear it in the empty theaters, in the empty stadiums. Hope is setting the stage for a comeback. When life's victories will be sweeter, we'll celebrate how far we've come and learn that all we did, we did for each other. Spread hope, not COVID. Michigan.gov slash coronavirus. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services.